Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome to the Laying the Points, a road of his podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going well. Uh, I was just talking to you off air. Definitely a little bit tired. Uh, NBA season starting is uh, like this is my this is my time. You know what I'm saying? Like this is when I have to do my most work. Uh, for a lot of people in this industry, that's that's football season, but for me, it's NBA. And uh, I've I talked some baseball today too on DraftKings Live, and now I'm doing NFL with you. So love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. I feel like I've just been grinding basically every sport all day, and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm like happy and I'm excited and I'm lo- and I love that basketball's back, but I'm also gonna need to like go to sleep after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're very well rounded. Obviously, it's uh it's kind of crazy though because I do feel like even like the super professional guys, like I know like Levitan doesn't even like look at basketball until football's over. Like that's how busy football is. So like to do it all is uh you know kudos to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be honest. I'm not grinding anything as hard as Levitan's grinding NFL, but I do feel like I'm pretty balanced. Uh, I, I'm really excited about doing the props piece over at Action Network this season. We went two and one on opening night. Um, I think we're going to have a really profitable season doing props. So if you're into that, head on over there and uh, check that out, or, or follow me on Twitter. So, all right, I love it. Now a uh, quick reminder: you can still get in on the Road of His Radio Networks. Word of his live through Patreon, our weekly Sunday morning show answering all of your fantasy questions. Patron ships start at just $5 per month, provide you exclusive access to RV Live, four shows per month on top of our 40 podcasts that we are already producing for you every month, just $5. Support us, support the programs, support the station, and uh, you know, let somewhat educated folks like myself answer your Sunday morning fantasy questions. I think it's a, it's a win for everyone. Uh, speaking of exclusives, as always, you can get an access to a uh, 30% off discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. I mean, we're getting to week seven. We've got all kinds of, uh, this is kind of where your fantasy season is made. I feel like the dog days of, uh, October and November. Um, so get in, you know, get in, get the good streaming options. I'm sure that some injuries will pick up as the year goes on. You want to be able to you know, get the best waiver claims, all that stuff. So do that through the podcast homepage, save 30%. Now, we're all here to talk week seven NFL lines. As always, those are coming courtesy of my bookie. We're going to start with a Thursday night, a Thursday night thriller. Yeah. Broncos minus one and a half at the Cardinals, 42 point total. Cardinals have been a little feisty lately, Matt. Uh, What do you think of this game? Yeah, uh, definitely a little bit friskier with Josh Rosen at quarterback. 
They still lost by 10 points to Minnesota last week and were outgained in that game pretty badly. But at least they look somewhat competent now. I mean, they're still playing super slow, which is uh, not optimal. But it's, uh, you know, they're showing some signs of life at least. This game being on a Thursday, obviously I have to bring up my, my, my Thursday trend. Favorites are now 4 for 5 on the season on Thursday night games, excluding the season opener, which doesn't really count since neither team's on short rest. But the one exception was the Bengals over the Ravens, who in retrospect probably would be favored if that game was played, you know, next week or something. Um, that said, I'm not sure that the right team is favored here. You know, we have the Broncos, one and a half point favorites. Uh, Vance Joseph, in particular, has just been abysmal on the road as a head coach. The Broncos are 1-9 and nine against the spread with him at coach on the road. That's awful. Uh, you know, hashtag bad. So uh, I actually like the Cardinals here. I'm going to break my, my respect for the favorite trend and go kind of along the same line of thinking as in that Bengals game and just kind of play the fact that I think the wrong team might be favored here. So uh, I like the Cardinals getting a point and a half. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm with you. I didn't think that we'd be at a point this season where like we'd be pro Cardinals, but it's just a good spot. I mean, if you look at what the Cardinals have done with Rosen in the three, in the three games, he's thrown at least 25 passes in uh, Cardinals have averaged 1.3, three points per drive, only 0.66 in the three games without him. Uh, so obviously huge improvement there. Uh, and they are running some more plays, only 47.3 plays without him, 53.3 plays with him. So they're doing a lot better. Their Pythagorean expectation in those three games is actually seven and a half wins uh, as opposed to 2.4 to start the year. So they're actually doing um, like average football things right now. And I don't think that that's reflected in the line. You know, meanwhile, Denver has just gotten I, I feel like they have just been so terrible. I mean, we were dead wrong on them, Matt. Yep. Like I, I think coming into the year, we, we both liked them and they uh, they have been bad. I mean, they competed last week, obviously, against the Rams. But I mean, second. Second consecutive road game as a big favorite for for the Rams. They you know lost Cooper Cup during the game, so not a great spot there. But I mean, got blown out by your Jets, lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Ravens. Like they're just they're reeling right now, and uh, I feel like this is a good time to buy Arizona. So I'm with you. Yeah, and that that Rams matchup probably makes that a, this a bit of a letdown spot too. You know, like sure. they they were definitely geared up for that matchup. And now they go against the lowly Cardinals. Like, this could definitely be a look-ahead spot. Titans at Chargers. This is our second London game of the year. The Bolts are favored by 6.5. And And remember, this is neutral site. So, uh, no home field here. It's 45-point total. What do you think of this one? I'm honestly not sure if the Chargers are overrated or underrated at this point. (laughs) I've seen a lot of people saying that, like, the Chargers are this really good team. Their only two losses are to the Rams and Chiefs, who most people believe to be the two best teams in the league. So there's definitely, you know, some logic to the fact that the Chargers might be a really good team themselves. That said, like, they got housed in those two games that they lost, and they really haven't beaten anybody else, you know? Like, uh, I, I definitely was uh, surprised with how how thoroughly they handled Cleveland last week, but Baker Mayfield got hurt in that game. And that, uh, you know, had a bit of an impact, I think. He, he never really was able to move the ball after injuring his ankle. So, uh, you know, I'm not giving the Chargers full marks for that game. 
So I'm still undecided on how good this team is. What I do know is that this game is being played early in London. So it's going to be like a 6 a.m. Pacific time start. Uh, that has to be a negative for the Chargers. Like, this game is being played roughly 10 hours earlier than most of their normal home games are. You know, kicking off at after 4. So, uh, this is, this is weird one for me. Like, this is a, this is a spot where I think the Chargers are probably a bit overrated laying, laying close to a touchdown against the Titans. You know, they, they didn't look good against the Ravens, but, uh, I'll talk a, a little bit more about the Ravens later. I think they're just one of the best teams in football. So I'm not holding that loss against them too much. So I, yeah, I think six and a half points is just too much here given the, the weird start time in London. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if this gets to the key number of seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have my doubts, but I think if it gets there, that's a, a good spot to jump on. <clears throat> the one thing that is kind of working in the Chargers' favor is they were on the East Coast already last week. So in terms of like the one week travel, shouldn't be as bad. I'm assuming they didn't like go back to L.A. and then try to go to London. I'm assuming they just kind of flew right out. Don't so. put it by. Don't put it past Anthony Lynn. No, you're right. He might have went home. That guy loves to sleep <laughs> in his own bed, you know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think the Titans, the Titans are like one of those teams where like they'll do stuff like lose to the Bills like they did two weeks ago. Um, but they're still going to be competitive and they play like a brand of football that I think makes it really difficult to keep them out of a lot of games. Like they play slow, they play sloppy. Um, very, very difficult, I think, to compete with them. And they are three and three. I don't think that they're a pushover. They've beaten the Eagles. They've beaten the Jaguars in Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, this is a very capable football team. And, you know, <clears throat> since no team is truly home and this is a neutral site, I think six and a half is too much. I will likely wait. I want to wait to see if it gets to seven. I don't think the difference between six and a half and six is obviously as big as six and a half and seven. So I'm going to wait for seven. And, uh, you know, if I don't get it, I will consider six and a half or six. Yeah, the one thing I will say is this this opened at seven and moved down to six and a half pretty quickly. Uh, And it's not because it's like the public was pounding Tennessee. They're one of the smallest bet teams of the week. They've only gotten 22% of the tickets so far. So uh, there must have been some sharp activity at seven would be my guess, which is why it's now at six and a half. So I agree with you that there's value in waiting to see if it'll go back to seven, but I would be surprised if it did. Pats at Bears, Patriots coming off a thrilling Sunday night football victory against the Chiefs, Uh, Bears. I I mean, I don't know, just vomiting on themselves against Miami (laughs) and Brock Osweiler. Uh, Patriots are three point road favorites here. Forty nine and a half point total. Um, no major injuries here, which is nice. I think that we're going to get the best of both of these teams. What do you think? Yeah, this one, I, I think I'm siding with the Bears. Like, I, I hate going against Brady and Belichick, which is why I won't actually put money on the Bears. But if you look at this spread, it's saying that New England would be favored by nine points if this game was at Foxborough, which I don't think is the case. Like, I, certainly it would be seven, but I don't think it would be more than that. You know, Chicago... Uh, has looked better offensively since they've made Tariq Cohen more of like a focal point on offense. And we know how good their defense is. Um, they obviously had a little bit of a letdown last week against Brock Osweiler, but it wouldn't shock me if that was like a look-ahead game, you know, obviously with the big spot here against New England. So uh, I'm siding with the Bears, but that said, I don't, I don't wager against the Patriots anymore. I've been burned too many times and lost too much money. Yeah, just don't bet against Bill. I mean, I think that... Don't bet against Bill or Tom. I think that that is a recipe for success. Um, I do think that 
<clears throat> Chicago is like a much better defense, obviously, than they showed last week. We'll see what happens to Khalil Mack. I know that uh, I said there's no major injuries. That would be a major injury if he missed. I mean, right now it seems very speculative, um, but he did miss practice today. It sounded like a maintenance day, but just something to keep be aware of. Um, I just think that this is a – I just think that, like, the Patriots can score against anybody, and the Bears haven't really shown that they are, like, a super dominant defense when they're, when they're not hitting the quarterback. Like, I think that the back-end guys are still susceptible to uh, bad things happening. Uh, they struggled a little bit with tight ends to start the year that, you know, the Patriots have a pretty good one. So <laughs> I think uh, there's definitely ways that the Patriots can score. Um, you know, I think I like the total maybe to go under. I think 49.5 is probably a little aggressive. But uh, I will side with the Patriots. I just I refuse to bet against them. I mean, the, the, the trend you gave us the start of the year, I forget the exact numbers, but a lot basically yeah basically <laughs> just said you are like you will just be profitable if you bet the pats every week so i'm just gonna bet them every week my question is do they have a good tight end anymore though Ooh, that's is that cool. a hot take <clears throat> i think he's still good i think they got him in the bubble wrap right now and you think um, that that this is the game where they take it off this is it man <laughs> they've been saving him for week seven at chicago you statement win. You got to let them know that Nagy's not the deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that I don't get at all. I understand, like, we want to like Matt Nagy, but he blew a huge lead against Aaron Rodgers and lost to Brock Osweiler last week. Like, why are yep. we convinced that he's an elite coach? We're not. Well, I'm not. I okay. know that. I think a lot of people are, but yeah. Um, Nagy. Anyway, Bill's at Colts, 43.5 point total. We're going to see... Derek Anderson in this game, Matt. I mean, yes. that's just the hype is just so high now. Derek Anderson uh, was on my fantasy team in like 2007. Yep. Yeah, it was good. He was good that year, though. <laughs> he that's was like the only time. Him, the him and Braylon Edwards stack. <laughs> uh, Colts are seven and a half point home favorites, 43 and a half point total. Um, still not really sure on the status of guys like T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, you know, the usual suspects from the last couple weeks. Uh, I'd imagine why this that's why this line isn't higher, but uh, what do you make of the matchup? Yeah, Hilton did get in a full practice today, so I think he's definitely on track to play in this one. Uh, and that, that makes a difference for the Colts' offense. You know, like, they, they have nobody if they don't have him. I mean, Ebron's been really good this year, but outside of him and Hilton, I don't think a casual fan would be able to name one other guy that catches passes for the Colts. So... That's a that's a big addition back to their offense. And looking at the other side of the Bills, like I didn't even know that Derek Anderson was was in the league anymore. I'll be honest. Like I thought he was out of the league. Um, this Bills collection of skill players has to be the worst in the league. And while Josh Allen may not be a very good quarterback, the one thing that he has been able to do is pick up some yards with his legs and move the chains that way. He's averaged over twenty five rushing yards per game in his five starts. So now you take that out of the offense and you're going to ask, you know, the running back and receivers to beat you. And I just don't see that happening. So I will take, you know, a healthier Colt squad laying the big number at home against a team that, you know, again, I think has really outperformed their talent level, but is just not good. So I'll go Colts. <laughs> Here, here's how many passes Derek Anderson has thrown over the last like seven seasons. 2017, eight. 2016, he threw 53 passes. 2015, 6. 2014, 65. Oh, sorry, 2014, 97. I was looking at completions. Uh, 2013, 0. 2012, 4. 2011, 
Squadoosh. So the guy's throwing less than 200 passes dating back to 2011. And now he's starting. So he's fresh. He's got a fresh (laughs) arm, baby. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's just no way that this ends. I I shouldn't say that because this is football and Brock Osweiler just won a football game. But (laughs) it just like it doesn't seem like likely that this is going to end well. I mean, the Colts defense hasn't been great, but it certainly has been better than I think people expected entering the year, which is a plus for them. Um, I mean, it, it's like the Bills are challenging us. They're like, you, you can't find a quarterback worse than Josh Allen. It's like, okay, uh, what about Derek Anderson? Um, <laughs> well, so, I mean, I pace- mean, we have a confirmed one worse than Josh Allen, and that's Nathan Peterman. So, oh, big facts. Like that guy, that guy has thrown pick sixes on, I feel like, 50% of his passes in the NFL. I know that's not accurate, but that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. So, I mean, I, I know that the Bills play defense, um, but it's hard not to side with the Colts here. I mean, this is kind of like, I know we say don't bet teases, but if you were going to do a tease, I feel like the Colts are a teaser team, so you don't have to lay the seven and a half. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, luck can move the ball. Like, uh, the Jets have a really good defense, and Luck well, was, able to, Luck was able to move the ball. So uh, I think that even though the Bills' defense is pretty good, the, the Colts should be able to do enough on offense. Like, what do you think the Bills can realistically score with, with Anderson at quarterback? Like, <sighs> I don't know. 14 Tw- points? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say more than that. So, yeah, I, I don't think the Colts uh, should struggle to put up, you know, at least 20 in this game. So, All right, cool. Uh, Lions at Dolphins. The line is actually currently off at my bookie. Um, just kind of waiting on the quarterback news. It has been confirmed, though, that uh, Tannehill will miss this game. Yes. And Brock Osweiler is starting. Brock Lobster. Back so we got again. more. You know, I meant to text you. I saw a different Brock nickname. I can't remember what it was, but someone tweeted it out, and I was like, not Brock Lobster. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Um,. But regardless, so we got we got Osweiler again. What do you make of the contest? I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine that this is gonna open at like Lions by three. Yeah, that's what it says right now at Action Network. Uh, it's Lions minus three at even money. If you like the Dolphins plus three, you have to lay minus one twenty. Um, that sounds about right to me. Like, and I think that I probably like the Dolphins as a small home dog here. They um their their weapons I think are underrated. Like, sure. they have two guys that can rip off a big play at any time in Albert Wilson and, um, what's the little guy's name? Jakeem Grant. Like, those two guys can take a, take a pass and take it to the house anytime. And they still have Kenny Stills if he's healthy. So, like, that's a lot of speed for a defense to contend with. And Osweiler was kind of impressive in that game. I mean, the, the Bears obviously weren't prepared for him, but, I'm pretty sure if I told you that you could have the best defense in the league going against the going against Brock Osweiler with no time to prepare, you would think that things still would have worked out pretty well for them. But they, but it really didn't. So, uh, you know, I think that the Lions are obviously worse than Chicago at this point. So I'll take uh, Brock here getting the three at home. Yeah, I don't know how we got here, but but we are here. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> betting on Brock Osweiler. I mean, at, like Detroit is not a t- like Detroit coming off the bye is intriguing to me because I do think that they have quality talent on offense. You know, they still have like Darius Slay on defense, but you mentioned it like the dolphin weapons are really good. Um, and this is with getting literally zero from Devonte Parker, who is probably just bad at this point. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, I know it's I know like the the late quarterback changes are always I think those always kind of favor the offense because the game plan thing. But like if you told me that the Dolphins are going to score 30 points last week, I would have laughed in your face. You know, like and they did. (laughs) Right. There's a reason the Bears were like 50 percent owned in GPPs, the Bears defense. So right. Like I, I, but I, you know what? Like I just always go back to Ryan Tannehill stinks, yeah. and like it, it's not the most surprising thing in the world to me if Brock Osweiler is an upgrade at that position, or at least like not as much of a downgrade as like the line would suggest. Right, I feel that. I mean, we've seen Brock play some decent football games. You know, sure. It's and he's got his boy Adam Gase in the house. True. So yeah, I, I'm on. I'm on board with that. You know, fade Tanny and give me the Brock Lobster. <laughs> All right, Matt, you're fighting Jets. They're three-point dogs at home to the Minnesota Vikings. 46.5-point total. Yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, are we going to be optimistic? Last week you were pro-Jets. You were right. My only How do we win. Feel this week? How do we feel this week? I like them, Amico. I like the Jets again. Uh, the Vikings are 3-2-1. and one. But I think they're a bit overrated. They have a Pythagorean win expectation of 2.8 and 3.2. So, um, you know, even if they had counted that game as a loss instead of a tie, like they'd still be overrated. Uh, so I think that this, the Vikings, in particular, their defense has just not been the same team. They, uh, they're just 20th in DVOA this season on defense, which was a real strength for them last year. Uh, meanwhile, the Jets have a Pythagorean win expectation of 3.6 and 2.4. So you could make a case that they're the better team. I wouldn't do that. Um, that number's obviously a little bit inflated by the fact that they beat the hell out of Detroit to open up the season. But their defense is good. Sam Darnold has been making some plays. Uh, and I think the fact that they're getting three here at home is not right. You know, like this game should not be minnesota minus nine if it was being played in minnesota so i will take the the home dog here and they will be in my five pack for the second straight week i like it matt i like when you're when you're optimistic now there are some injuries to look for i mean robbie anderson missed practice today uh jamal adams though was full practice um you know a bunch of their defensive guys that they didn't have last week buster screen uh, still waiting on him to come back did not participate today due to concussion uh, that was, I think, like the big thing last week is the, the injuries in the secondary, I think, really hurt them. Uh, Tremaine Johnson didn't play. So if they get those guys back, you know, I definitely think that they can play with uh, the Vikes. I mean, the Vikings just have no interest in playing defense this year. Like, <laughs> absolutely none. They have no interest in playing defense, and they have no interest in blocking for Kirk Cousins. Right. And, like, you know, Adam Thielen is a goat. Stephon Diggs is pretty good. Kyle Rudolph is pretty good. Like, they, they have, like, really good offensive skill players, but... The O-line is terrible, and the defense is bad. So, like, those those two factors, I think, you know, really hurt you against a team like the Jets because, I mean, the Jets are frisky, man. Like, Sam Darnold can get it out there. Uh, as long as Anderson's playing, I think that he's a deep threat, and, uh, you know, some of their other guys have made big plays this year. So, I, I'm always down to bet a good home dog. I feel like the Jets have been better than advertised, better than expected, and uh, it's a good spot. Yeah, and I think Quincy Inunua also might miss this game, but as much as I love Quincy Inunua, like, they kind of just moved Jermaine Curse into that role last week, and he was fine. So, like, I don't think that that's as big of a deal as if Anderson were to miss, because he, you know, is like their one real 
deep threat. I guess you could say Terrell Pryor is a deep threat too, but he kind of just stinks. So <laughs> he had a good game last week. Maybe maybe he'll be in the mix. Maybe. Uh, Panthers at Eagles. Philly, a five point home favorite, coming off of a trouncing of my Giants. Forty five and a half point total. What do you make of this spot? I'm gonna let you talk about this one because I believe this was the subject of your uh, your piece this week, your coaching piece, which is now at Fantasy Labs and the Action Network, so you can double dip on it. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting, so I'll let you talk about it first. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I uh, I mean the big thing this week is just Eagles defense. You know, the the Eagles really haven't done a great job up front this year. Their defensive line is is obviously very talented. You know, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, Michael Bennett, like obviously uh, Fletcher Cox, all really good players. But, you know, not generating pressure. They're like bottom five in pressure rate entering last week. Um, And the big thing, I think this is kind of what we were looking to see what would happen with Norv in the house. Cam has been awesome throwing the ball. Um, You know, highest completion rate by far of his career. Uh, Pro football focus grade over 90 when not facing pressure. He's been really good. Uh, So... You know, if the Eagles aren't getting there, I definitely think that's going to hurt. And uh, I think I mentioned this last week when we were talking about the Giants, and obviously this didn't work out because the Giants stink. But Roddy McLeod has been a really big loss for Philly. They've been playing like this inverted cover two defense, um, basically like leaving themselves a little more exposed deep. Uh, hasn't really kind of worked out. I mean, we saw Corey Davis go off for a big game. We saw Adam Thielen go off for a big game. Stephon Diggs was good. Uh, Odell stunk because Eli stinks <laughs> and uh, you know OBJ was like off the field and stuff like that so whatever but you know obviously Carolina doesn't have like a go-to receiver but they do have Torrey Smith who can still stretch the field Devin Funches has been you know pretty decent when he's gotten the ball and DJ Moore has been really good when he's gotten the look so there's still a lot of talent here uh, Eagles have also really done poorly against running backs in the passing game the last couple weeks and that's obviously a huge factor when you're going up against Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, you know, really like what Cam and this offense can do. Uh, and I just don't think that the Eagles are that good. I think that we're getting a spread boost here because of the island game victory yep. uh, against a bad team. And, you know, I firmly believe that this game is is very, very close. Like, I don't I don't think that I don't think that the Panthers sh- maybe they, they would be obviously this week, but I don't think that they should be like road do- uh, home dogs against Philly. And uh, that's what the line says they would be. So, oh, sorry, they'd be a one-point favorite. So I, uh, I don't buy that. I think that they're better than that. So, yeah, I think even if you want to say the Eagles are overrated, like they're still probably pretty even with the Panthers at this point. Sure. So yeah. the fact that this they're saying that they're two points better on a neutral field, I just don't agree with that. And the one trend I'll throw in is Cam as a road dog is nineteen and thirteen against the spread which is good for a 16.2% return on investment. So uh, I like the Panthers. I I did also look up some trends for teams coming off of, you know, that Thursday game, playing on a Sunday, getting, you know, quote unquote, what they call like the mini bye week. And it was kind of, it was negligible on the spread. So I don't think that, you know, the fact that the Eagles have been resting for 10 days makes a huge difference compared to the Panthers who have been off for seven. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, Browns at Bucks. The Bucks are three point home favorites. Fifty point total in this one, Matt. They're expecting points. Uh, what do you think? I can't quit the Browns, Anthony. Um, they have not treated me well. I, I shouldn't say that. I think I'm one one and one backing them. They pushed with Oakland, <laughs> or yeah, they're still Oakland for the time being. 
They lost to San, uh, to Los Angeles and then they uh, won against Baltimore. But uh, I think this is a good spot for them. Like the Bucks, we've seen what they are. You know, they can score the ball, but they play no defense. And I think that the Browns' defense is a step up in class from what they've seen uh, outside of Chicago this season. Um, now they got lit up by the Chargers last week, but they're still sixth in defensive DVOA. So I think that they can slow down the Bucks' offense enough. And as long as Baker is healthy and it sounds like he's going to be a full go, uh, I think they should be able to move the ball against Tampa. So uh, I like uh, I like the bu- the Browns here, and I will back them getting the three. Uh, this is so tough for me because I just don't – I don't like either of these teams. I, I don't. I don't think that Tampa's good at all. Uh, I don't think that the Browns are very good. I mean, I think that they just find ways to lose games. Like, I, I think talent-wise, obviously, Cleveland is better. But the Hugh Jackson factor to me is just, like, it makes it so difficult to bet. You don't like him holding up two fingers after his, <laughs> after his second win of the season? Yeah, he's an idiot. Like, I just don't, <laughs> like, you're, you're just clueless. Like, you have just no sense of what is happening around you. So, like, I think it's a stay away for me. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by the total because I think 50... Like, you could sell me, I guess, either way, but I think that 50 is ultimately probably a little low. I agree. Um, so I think if I was going to bet the game, I'd be betting over on the total just because Tampa has just played no defense. Like, yeah. Tampa has been all overs this year. The Bucks are definitely an over team. Right. And, I, I, you know, obviously, even if Cleveland plays pretty good defense, if they're putting up points, uh, that's going to put emphasis on the Bucks to score. And I think you just get, you know... You just get like some bad defensive series when you're when you're up. So I think that uh, I think over is a good look. That's probably where I'm looking on this game. Uh, now we're gonna get into the next game, but first I want to talk about my bookie. Watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. You guys have heard me talking about this for weeks, literally like probably months, honestly. And uh, some of you guys are still on the sidelines, which I don't get. I mean, uh, you know, whether you're an expert or a rookie, you got to be betting at my bookie if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot. Like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay, pick three teams to win. And if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. That's six to one. There's so much to bet on. Playoff baseball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. We got basketball starting up. And obviously, uh, you know, just to plug Matt's props again, like these are all available on my bookie. Uh, my bookie has the, the prop builder as well. A lot of fun there. Um, it's the one bet that I think you'll definitely be happy with this year. So I recommend them. Because I trust them. You know, they've been in business for years. We've been using them, obviously, for quite some time. They've got great online reviews and the mobile site, very easy to use. So if you're on the sidelines still, now is your chance to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you have to join right now. They will be pulling that offer soon. Log into my bookie right now and double your money. Use promo code RotoViz and you'll get your first deposit match 100%. That's promo code RotoViz. You play, you win, you get paid mybookie.ag now i'll get to one of my favorite games of the week texans act jags really jaguars minus five just like from a football standpoint okay. uh, maybe not necessarily <laughs> betting standpoint 42 point total we got the afc south matchup deshaun watson against the jags matt what do you think oh man i was way off on the jags last week i thought that they were going to go into dallas and just blow their doors off but uh no they got their doors blown off so uh, I think Jacksonville has really been sleepwalking ever since that big win over the Patriots. You know, like everyone was joking that that win was their Super Bowl. 
but I think somebody needs to go and actually tell them that it wasn't their Super Bowl. Like, they still have plenty of regular season games left. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I honestly have no idea what to make of this game because it's two teams right now that are just playing really poor football. Um, the Jags do fit one of my trends that I like, which is teams coming off of a, a loss of at least 28 points. Um, that's 157, 126, and 8 against the spread since 03. It's only 2-3 and three so far this season, but um, Tampa Bay just barely missed a cover last week against Atlanta. They lost by 5, and I think the spread was 3. And then the Dolphins easily should have covered in this spot two weeks ago before Tannehill threw back-to-back pick sixes. So I think that this trend is still a profitable one despite the fact that it's only 2-3 and three this season. Meanwhile, the Texans just continue to underperform their individual talent level. You know, they failed to cover against the Bills last week and were actually outgained by Buffalo. Um, I just don't know why the Texans are struggling to score the ball, but they continue to struggle. And, you know, I don't think things are going to get any easier for them this week against Jacksonville, despite what happened last week against Dallas. Um, you know, I still don't trust Bill O'Brien. Like, forget as a football coach, I don't get, I wouldn't trust him to do my laundry at this point. So, uh, I'm going to side with Jacksonville here laying the five points, but I don't feel good about it. Like, I could see this game going either way. I just think that Jacksonville is the better team, and, and they certainly have to be motivated after last week's debacle. All right, Matt, we're going to play my favorite game of uh, Guess the Stat. So okay, let's go. Where do you think the Jaguars rank right now in terms of coverage grade for PFF? Okay, well, I know that um, you've been harping on Jalen Ramsey being bad. But I still don't think that their overall defense could be that bad, even though they've played some good teams. Uh, I'm going to say 10th. 17th. Very okay. low. Not good. Very low. Not good. Jalen Ramsey, as you mentioned, has not been good. Um, so I, I think that this is like the kind of game where you can get you can get bit in the ass because the, you know they're going to put Ramsey on, on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think that that is a very winnable matchup for for Nuk, uh, Nuke, Nuk. I don't, I don't know. know. I, depends I how you spell it, it right? Nuke, but I, I see people know. spell it without the e sometimes. There's no e. It's N U K. So maybe yep. it is Nuk. I don't know. Well, anyway, Dad. <laughs> the fact that I sound like a dad aside, um, <laughs> what are these nicknames? So, <laughs> but but I, I I think that like Jacksonville, obviously, like they play faster, they score more points, you know, offensively. But the defense not being as good is kind of a red flag for me. Um, <laughs> this is another game where I like the over. You know, I think that the Jags can score in Houston. I, you know, obviously Houston's defense has been nothing to write home about at all. Um, but I think Jacksonville is susceptible, and I think that Deshaun Watson presents like a very unique challenge for them. Obviously, because he's that dual threat type quarterback, um, and they have a, an, an elite wide receiver. So. I, I think that this is a good spot for Houston. I'm not necessarily saying that they'll cover, but I do think that 42 points is very low. I think there's going to be a, a, a decent amount of scoring in this game. I think it gets, you know, it's like 45 or so. Saints at Ravens. Drew Brees out of the dome is a two and a half point road dog. The total is at 50. And, uh, you know, we're coming off of a, a bye week following an emotional high week for the Saints. You know, Drew Brees breaking the, uh, Another another big record. Um, what do you think of them here on the road at Baltimore? One of the better pass defenses. Yeah, I wonder what they did with the with the ball that he used to uh, 
to break the record because it was also Traquan Smith's first touchdown. So do you think Drew, Drew Brees is a class act? He you definitely think Drew let him have the ball? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe they like halved it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would want that ball if I was Drew. But anyway, you mentioned they're all, they're coming off of a bye. Sean Payton off a bye since 2008 is seven and two against the spread, and they are outdoors, which is going to be a narrative. But Drew Brees has actually become a little bit underrated on the road. He's eleven five and one against the spread since the start of 2016. Now that's all road games. So some of those are going to be, you know, domed contests against Atlanta and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it seems like maybe now the books are putting the road uh, or the outdoor emphasis a little too heavy onto the Saints. So uh, I I initially want to say the Saints, but if you look at the Ravens, they have a Pythagorean win expectation right now of five and one. You could really make an argument that they're up there with the Chiefs in terms of like best teams in the league. You know, their offense may not have the same explosive star power that, that Kansas City's does, but they've moved the ball really well this year. Um, Joe Flacco looks good. Their collection of weapons has been a huge upgrade. And unlike the Chiefs, they play tremendous defense. So, uh, I'm really not, I'm pretty split on this game, to be honest. Like, uh, I think I will take the Saints given, you know, the trends I listed above, but, uh, it would not shock me if the Ravens won this game. They're a great home team, too. So I think I'm just going to enjoy this game as a fan. It's the best game of the week, in my opinion, and uh, I probably won't have any real money. on. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely a really competitive game. I do think that part of, like, the Breeze success recently, maybe as a result of the run game, uh, like last year, obviously, they ran the ball so much. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how that broke down, basically, between 2016 and 2017. Um but I think that, you know, obviously Ingram is back. They certainly can do that again. Um, my big concern with the Saints, honestly, it's not their offense. It's their defense because they've just been so bad this year. You know, I actually think that this is like a sneaky good Joe Flacco spot because I think uh, I think Flacco has been been frisky this year. I know we say frisky a lot on the show. Elite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's finally living up to the hype. Like I, I think that they are adequate. I think that John Brown is a nightmare for a defense like the Saints who give up a ton of big plays. Um, so I, you know, I, I think I'm siding with Baltimore as a result of that. Like I think that the Ravens are going to score and, you know, they still have a great pass defense despite, um, you know, being up against a player like Breeze. So uh, I'm going to take Baltimore. I like these, like, I like these small home favorites, like under three. Worked I think for that you last that's, week. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good number. Rams at Niners, uh, L.A. on the road again. Third consecutive road game, third consecutive time favored by a touchdown or more. Uh, they are nine-and-a-half-point favorites at the Niners, 52-point total. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to do something that I almost never do, and that's back a big road favorite. Um, I like the Rams quite a bit this week. The overreaction from the one game for the Niners against the Packers has driven this spread down. Uh, the advanced spread on this game was 12 and a half. Now we're getting nine and a half. So I think that's some nice spread value. Um, I do not trust CJ Beathard to be able to put up, you know, 20 points again. Uh, he did it last week against Green Bay, but their defense is not nearly as good as the Rams is. And the Rams have basically scored 30 every single week, regardless of opponent. 
So I think they'll certainly be able to do it again this week against the Niners. Um, I like the Rams. They will be one of my five picks. Hail Sean McVay. <laughs> yeah, like I actually don't think that uh, – I actually don't think it's crazy to suggest that the Niners can score 20. But I just think it's like a lock that the Rams can score like 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the Niners have stopped nobody. Um, if you just look at kind of what they've done over the last few weeks, like it's just the uh, very simple box score scouting. They gave up 33 to Green Bay, 28 to the Cardinals, which is just egregious, <laughs> uh, 29 to the Chargers, 38 to the Chiefs, 27 to the Lions, and uh, 24 on, on opening weekend against the Vikings. Like they have just getting, they've been getting mauled all year. Uh, defense is not good at all. Um, and the Rams are, you know, the best offensive football. Like they're just so multiple, so good. I know that Cooper Cup's not playing this week. Honestly, it doesn't even matter. This is like the best <laughs> week for him to miss. Um, if this is like a big game, honestly, he might play because he's a baller. I but, honestly don't even think he's that good. I think he's a product of the offense. Oh, I love watching him run the routes. Fires me up. Um, but regardless, I like they're just so good. Like I just don't see a way. That, like the Rams, the Rams that they had to could win this game. You know, forty nine, thirty five. If they had to, you know, like, but they won't. It'll be fine. Cowboys off a huge win. Um, go on the road now in a division game at Washington. The Skins are minus one and a half at home. Forty one and a half point total. Obviously very low, but it is a division matchup. We know those games typically go under. We know those games are typically low scoring. Um, I mean, who are you buying here, Matt? Because really, both of these teams I thought had had nice wins last week. Yeah, I uh, I think I have to rethink my stance on the Cowboys. Um, they were excellent last week. And I know you mentioned that the Jags defense has been, you know, overrated for much of the season. But still, the fact that they were able to, you know, put up 40 points on them is uh, is a testament to maybe the fact that they have found their groove. Uh, my initial thought was that one and a half was too low. But if you look at the Pythagorean win expectations, the Redskins are overrated at three and two. And the Cowboys have underperformed at um, three and three. So I think that maybe I will side with the Cowboys here as an underdog. Uh, the stats for underdogs in Cowboys games have been good over the past few seasons. Uh, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but the underdog in Cowboys games wins at a pretty high clip. So I will take them getting the one and a half, but I, I really don't feel good about this game either. I like Washington this week. I mean, I think that I think that Washington is the second best team in this division. Maybe even the first best team, honestly, because I, I do think that they have like a pretty good pass rush. They already have two signature wins this year. I mean, last week they beat the Panthers. Two weeks ago they beat, or three weeks ago, I should say, they beat Green Bay. Uh, both very good wins for them. Uh, you know, they lost at the Saints on a night where like Drew Brees was chasing a milestone. I'm not really sure I want to hold that against them. Um, yeah, I already so I, I brought it up on that show, but Drew Brees you know, is now 101 and 0 against the spread in primetime games. So exactly. Can't, can't hold it at home. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, what can you do? Right. <laughs> so I actually think that Washington's a pretty good team. And I think that a lot of that Pythagorean, uh, you know, win stuff with the Cowboys is just based on the fact that they just, they just won a game by 33 points. You know, a lot of their That'll other help. games are, are pretty close. <laughs> um, they really haven't beaten anybody. I mean, they lost to Carolina. They lost to the Seattle. They lost to the Texans. They beat Detroit, who stinks. They beat the Giants, who stink. Like, I just don't, you know, outside of the Jags win, which is a nice win, obviously. 
you know, I think that maybe the Redskins probably deserve to be like, I'd give them the full three here probably at home. So one and a half, I think we're getting a little bit of value there. I will take them. Bengals at Chiefs. This is the Sunday night special. 58 point total. Chiefs are six point home favorites. I mean, the Chiefs are just going to be like a, a go to flex option for the NFL. I think we're going to see them a lot, a lot in prime time. Uh, but what do you make of this contest? I mean, Chiefs coming off their first loss of the year. Bengals very quietly doing good things. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can blame the NFL for flexing them <laughs> after no. what we saw last week against the Patriots. You know, That's that was uh, one of the most entertaining games of the year. Um, you know, if you're a offensive guy, at least like a 43-40 game, it doesn't get much better than that. So uh, I'm still struggling to handicap exactly what the Chiefs are. You know, they're an explosive offense and a terrible defense. Um, the Bengals are similar. You know, they, they you can make a case that they're a better defensive team for sure than the Chiefs, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going against Patrick Mahomes at this point. Like, watching that game against the Patriots, I never felt comfortable, even though I had the Patriots only laying three. And I think if that game was five quarters instead of four, you could convince me that the Chiefs were going to ultimately win that game by ten because they could not be stopped in the second half. So when you have a t- an offense like the Chiefs that scores, like basically every time they touch the ball, it put puts so much pressure on the opposing offense to try and keep up, and not just keep up but score touchdowns. And uh, while the Bengals are good, I don't know if their offense is good enough to, to continually match Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I'll take the Chiefs laying the six points at home. Yeah, and uh, Matt, I'm going to say something that I don't think I've ever said on this show or at all. Uh, but I think Bill Belichick was outcoached last week. You know, I think that the second half adjustments that Andy Reid made, because they didn't, I mean, they weren't scoring at all in the first half. Uh, the second half adjustments that he made, you know, getting his playmakers open, the guys like Tyree Kill, getting uh, Kareem Hunt active again in the passing game, huge weak point for the Patriots defensively. Uh, I mean, kudos to him. I think that there's obviously a huge coaching edge here against the Natty. Their their uh, coaching staff is one of my least favorites. Um, and I, I you know I just think ultimately like this is very similar to the the Rams spot. You know, obviously the Bengals are much better than the Niners, but like the Chiefs can win this game. The Chiefs can win this game by scoring 49 points if they have to. Like <laughs> they're just unstoppable. And I don't think that Cincinnati's defense is very good. Uh, this is a plus 19 matchup for the passing game, plus 22 overall in terms of a DVOA ranking, offense versus defense. So KC is in a great spot here. Uh, this is a big pace game. You know, both of these teams are top 15 in neutral pace. Chiefs are fifth. Uh, so we can certainly expect a lot of scoring. I think that the big total is warranted. Uh, you know, don't be shy about going over. I think that, uh, you know, these big game. I think that these big games aren't, aren't handicapped properly yet. You know, I think that they're still going over because a lot of games don't go like uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a key number or what, but like a lot of these games don't get to 60, yep. but then they go, they go over 60. So I think that over is fine here if you want to go that way. But, uh, you know, certainly chiefs length six, I think is a very reasonable bet. All right, Matt, be kind here. Giants at Falcons after just a shellacking, uh, giants go on the road to Atlanta Five and a half point favorites at home in the dome. Fifty four and a half point total. What do you got? I really like your Giants here, Amico. I do. Like, I'm basically throwing out that game against the Eagles. 
I say it all the time that that Thursday game just benefits the better team. And we know that the Eagles are better than the Giants at this point. So I'm not super surprised that things kind of snowballed for them. Uh, but I think that this is a spot for them to, to really find their way on offense. If you look at the Falcons defense, they continue to just be super depleted. Um, they can't stop anybody. I mean, they've really struggled against running backs. And we know that Saquon Barkley is a generational talent at this point. Like, I'm honestly starting to come around on the fact that the Giants drafted him at number two. I know that's probably heresy for you. Don't do it. But he's like, he's like, if you took the best traits of all the best running backs and rolled them into one, you would have somebody that does what Saquon does. Because, like, he's just making guys miss and breaking tackles on everything that he does. I really am, am just starting to think that he might, uh, he might be worth the, the, the rare running back that's worth that pick. Um, so yeah, anyway, we've seen them get shredded by running backs in the passing game. We know that Odell Beckham is, is poised for a bigger week after getting shut down last week. I think that they're going to be able to do enough to cover this number. And the Falcons, you know, while they can score the ball, they just have been so, so, so poor on defense that I, uh, I struggle to see them winning this game by, you know, that big of a margin. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that Saquon is awesome. I think he's amazing. I think he's like the second best running back in football behind Todd Gurley. Like, I think he's really, really good. But the guy had like 200 yards at halftime last week and the Giants had six points. Like, (laughs) there's a lot. There's a lot to be said for the value of a running back right now. You know, like, um, I certainly still would have rather had Sam Darnold. But this is the team we have. So, I mean, I agree that it's a really good spot for, for Barkley against the Falcons. Uh, I agree that the Falcons can't stop anyone. I mean, look at their, look at what they've given up. 29 to Tampa, 41 to Pittsburgh, 37 to Cincy, uh, 43 to New Orleans, 24 to Carolina. And, uh, you know, opening night, they, they stopped Nick Foles. So big whoop. So, I mean, obviously, I think all of those offenses are better than what the Giants have. But I do think that Barkley and Odell obviously make them a, a tough threat. Um I mean, it just comes down to Eli Manning. I mean, that's, I just can't, I can't bet on the Giants right now because I can't bet on Eli. Like, he's just been so bad. The thing is, though, um, the Giants have been competitive in the majority of their games. You I know, know, like they got blown out last week and they lost a bad one uh, against Dallas. But other than that, they have played pretty tough. Like, that game against New Orleans, the final score was worse than that game indicated. But they lost by two to Carolina. They lost by five to Houston, and uh, they lost by five to Jacksonville. So, like, I think that this team is is better than you're giving them credit for. How many points do you think the Giants have to score to cover in this game? Uh, 24 minimum. Yeah, see, like, I think that's in their range of outcomes. I just don't feel great about it. I think they can get to 24, but I think if they have to get to 30, I, I start getting nervous. So that's the only reason. Like, I just, you know, and you know how it goes. Like, you're the same way with the Jets except for the last two weeks. Like, I just can't. I don't feel confident. I felt they finally got me in enough to bet them last week, and they friggin' let me down. So like now I'm just you know I'm just <laughs> not betting scorn, again. You're a scorned lover. I'm a scorned lover. I don't even know why I love them anymore. That's how scorned I am. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean you're probably right. Like I'm sure the Giants are the right side. I'm just I'm just not going to do it. All right, Matt. The book at my bookie picks of the week, and uh, I'm coming for you, brother. We've got a showdown. One three and one last week was you. 
15, 12, and 3 overall. I mean, you're like the freaking Browns, like you get with all these ties. Uh, <laughs> I went 4-0-1 oh, last week. We obviously both pushed in the same game, past minus 3. Uh, so I am now up to 13, 15, and 2. So I am I am red hot. So let's see what happens this week, Matt. Uh, what do you got? All good things must come to an end, Amico. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, to go back to the tie, like, again, there are good ties and there are bad ties. Like, I was more than happy to get out of that New England game with a tie, with the way that the second half went. So I, I'm, ha- I'm happy that I'm 1-3-1 and one and not 1-4. and four. So uh, I'm going to try to get back on the good foot this week. I'm, I'm back in four underdogs. I got the cards plus one and a half on Thursday night. I'm taking my Jets plus three, uh, the Titans plus six and a half, and the Giants plus 5.5 on Monday night. And then I'm rolling with the Rams minus nine and a half against San Francisco and just hoping that they can put up like 40 and and call it a day. Nice, Matt. I like it. I mean, I'm with you on Arizona. I am with you on the Jets. Uh, I am also taking Carolina plus five. So I got the three uh, home dogs. And then I'm taking two overs because I'm a huge fish and I love totals. Uh, <laughs> overs have not I, been fishy this year, though. No, they haven't been. They haven't been. That's why I keep betting them because I just think that they're strong bets. I mean, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, over 50. Feel good about that with the way that Tampa has played defense or not played defense. And uh, Jacksonville, Houston, over 42. I just think 42 is too low. Yeah, that's cr- that's, um, it really is crazy. Like That's the kind of spread normally reserved for like a Buffalo or a San Francisco. Right. You like know? Tennessee, and both of these teams went over that. score. So exactly, exactly. Like I, I, you know, if like if, if Fournette was playing, I'd be like, okay, maybe this is just like a, a freaking phone booth game for them. And they, they get out of there and they win 13, 10 or whatever. But I think with Bortles, I think that there's going to be some points. Like I am to give you a preview. Those of you who like the length, the, on the daily, like I am probably stacking that game. So I, I like it over 42. All right. So that is going to do it for this edition of laying the points brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus. It's still 100% dollar for dollar. Do it up on my bookie. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ. For Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.